Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for listening to the hashtag Create Your Earth Life podcast with myself, your host, Janessa Staples. And today we have a special guest on. Her name is Tara, and she has a biblical birthing class. And we talk a lot today. She talks about all the different things that can happen with your body or after giving birth. And I learned a lot from her. I have given birth to my son and I've given birth to twins. And some of the stuff she told me I had no idea about. And her goal is to take away the fear away from mothers and to help support them as much as she's able to through the knowledge that she shares. And she just wants women to enjoy their births and have a great experience. Um, And so one thing that she taught me that I didn't know about is after I gave birth to the twins, I had a lot of bleeding. I had a hemorrhage um, and it was just a lot of excessive bleeding. And she told me that usually after you give birth, you do skin to skin with the baby or babies and you, you know, you put them on your chest and then that releases, I believe she said it was oxytocin or it releases another chemical, um, a hormone. And then it like cuts off the blood from the valves to keep producing. Um, so you don't have like excessive bleeding And I thought that was pretty interesting because I likely probably had the excessive bleeding because I didn't have any skin-to-skin contact with the twins. They just went right to their mom and dad. So I thought that was pretty interesting because I didn't know that and it kind of gave me some answers. So that's kind of some of the stuff she talks about and it's very interesting. I think you guys are going to enjoy this a lot. And if you guys are interested in buying the class for yourself, for friends, then the link will be inside the bio. And I think you should definitely check it out. Let's get started. So we are recording. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Tara. I uh, am a mom of four and I'm also an entrepreneur. I uh, started out in medical field about 10 years ago and realized I just really loved medical. And I uh, started off with home health and then working in the hospital for a little while. And while I was in the hospital, I got to learn a lot and see a lot. Um, And I kind of went all over the hospital and all the different areas to explore and see what I would prefer the most. And I really like labor and delivery. And supporting moms, you know, and parents through um, that incredible time of their life. And while I was there, I got to uh, realize that there was a lot of parents coming into this experience, not really aware of all these big decisions that they were going to be making. And I uh, got really passionate about educating myself. And then I became pregnant with my first baby and realized, you know, I don't think I actually want to birth in the hospital because of some of the stuff that I had seen. I saw a lot of these parents would sometimes get manipulated or even sometimes bullied into things that they really didn't want to do. Um, And so I wanted to have a home birth for my first baby and we got a midwife and we, you know, I did the hospital childbirth class and I did 
uh, I read a bunch of books. There's, you know, a bunch of different childbirth methods out there, Lamas, Bradley method, you know, birthing from within, hypnobirthing, all these things. And I, I didn't take any of the courses the first time, but I just read all the books and I thought, you know, I had my own experience, so that would count for something. And then I went into labor and realized that's just not gonna, all this information I know doesn't just come back to you during the labor like I was hoping it would, um, because that's just not how your brain works during labor. You don't think logically, really. You just go into more of the instinctual part of the brain, which is good. That's what you want to happen. But I wasn't really prepared for that. Um, and so I am my first baby. She actually was posterior, which is where baby is face up instead of back towards the pubic bone, which usually will lengthen the labor. And it did for me. So it was pretty long. And I ended up transferring to the hospital that I worked at at the time. And I had just kind of your typical hospital birth. Um, everything was a good outcome, you know, healthy mom, healthy baby. But I wasn't completely satisfied because once I got there, I really had to fight and argue with the staff there and even the doctor on what I wanted. And I realized, man, if, if that had been any other woman who wasn't as experienced in the hospital as I was, and, and I was very comfortable and familiar there because I had worked there, um, it had gone, it would have gone very different for her. So after that, I thought, man, I really want to help educate parents so that they can you know, fight for the type of birth experience that they want if they were ever in that situation. So I started working with a midwife and training to be a midwife and became a childbirth educator. Um, I was a hypnobirthing instructor for, oh gosh, I think eight years now, seven years. Um, and I started doing that because my second baby, when I got pregnant with her, I had heard about hypnobirthing. I was working at a birth center uh, at the time here in Phoenix, where I'm at. And all these moms were coming in, you know, to do natural birth, but some of them were doing this thing called hypnobirthing. And it was just a totally different experience. It was very relaxed and calm and bonding for them and their partner and their baby. And it was just beautiful to watch. So I thought, you know, of course I want that for myself. So I took that class. And it was a great experience. I had my second baby at the birth center, all natural. And um, she, it was a really comfortable, good experience. Um, and I thought, you know, I've got to start teaching moms this. And they have to know about the, these, these techniques because it uses a lot of breathing and relaxation methods. And I started to... Uh, Sorry, I got interrupted by a child. That's okay. <laughs> As a mama form, I'm always working through the interruptions. That's all right. Um, but I, I realized with after my second baby, you know, I just I love the relaxation methods and how effective they were. So I started teaching. I've been teaching uh, here in Phoenix at a couple of the different hospitals. I would teach at Babies RS back before they shut down. And, um, now I've taught, I think over 5,000, uh, students childbirth methods and techniques, hypnobirthing and just basic childbirth education. Um, and then I realized with 
I had my third baby. Okay. And then that was a, a hospital birth, unmedicated. It was really great experience again. Um, and then my fourth baby, I had all my babies just back to back to back. <laughs> but my fourth baby, uh, she was the most incredible experience. And I did things very differently that time. I kind of always thought um, hypnobirthing was just lacking in that one important thing. And that was God. <laughs> it, it used these great techniques, but it's more um, kind of based in new age, you know, and they would talk a lot of the relaxation methods are, you know, about the different colors that align with this different chakras. And um, I always would kind of just modify it in my own mind because I was raised Christian and, um, you know, I recognized it. And so I thought I'll just kind of modify it myself in my own mind. And, but it really did lack uh, those extra things that I was wanting, like prayer, um, using scripture, you know, and really just meditating with God rather than just meditating, you know, with different colors <laughs> that were supposed to be your chakra. So I, with my fourth baby, added those things in myself and I would have um, scripture verses hanging up around the house. And I would have my worship music playing during the labor. And, and I had a home birth that time. And it was just the most incredible experience. It was a spiritual birth. Uh, I felt so in tune and close with God, with the Holy Spirit while I was birthing. And it was actually my fastest, easiest labor. It she was my biggest baby. She was 10 pounds, six ounces. And she came the quickest in two hours and 45 minutes and the most comfortable. I mean, I had one, I can honestly say I only had one moment where I felt any pain during the labor. And, you know, that's something we talk about a lot when I was a hypnobirthing instructor. They always say, you know, we don't guarantee that there won't be any pain. But when, and I did with my other ones still experience discomfort. But when I had my fourth baby and I was just really focusing on God and that connection, I didn't have any pain. And there was one moment where I started uh, losing my focus. And I will, I think, remember that moment for the rest of my life. And it was such an intense moment that I... Um, you know, remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I don't usually like this part of the labor. I was going into what's called transition. That's like right before you start pushing and um, things were just progressing really fast. And I had my midwives and I had a photographer there. So it was a little distracting. So I started losing my focus and I remember thinking, okay, are you going to freak out? Are you going to allow yourself to freak out and fear what's coming? Or are you going to trust God? And I felt like God said that in my ear. Like, are you going to trust me? And then I had my worship music going in the background. And I remember all of a sudden I focused on the music and I heard this song. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God that came on. And it just completely refocused me. I decided, you know, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fear. I'm just going to go with this. And 
the pain went away right away. And the rest of the, the birth was an incredible experience. I, um, you know, had the baby in our bedroom, my husband, he got to catch the baby and he handed her up to me. And it was the most incredible bonding thing ever. After he did that, he said, man, I wish I would have caught all the babies. (laughs) So it was, yeah, he, he really loved that he got to do that. I always tell my students, I highly recommend dad or mom catch a baby. I received my own baby the third time with my, our only boy. And it was just so incredible. I loved it. That's why the fourth time I told my husband, okay, you got to do it. You got to make sure to do it this time. Cause you're going to love it. <laughs> oh, so that's now, yeah. And so after I experienced that for myself, I wanted to create a method that included the best of both worlds, right? The relaxation techniques and the meditation techniques are really great for during birth because when you're birthing, there's a lot chemically and hormonally going on, you know? And when you are fearing birth and stressing about birth, you're releasing these stress hormones or catecholamines in the body. And they actually work against you during the labor. That's what will tighten and restrict the muscles. Just like when you get stressed, you know, your shoulders and your neck will get real tight and you got to go get a massage to feel better. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, that happens during birth too. And that happens in the uterus muscles. And the uterus is actually three layers of muscles. And that's what's doing all the work during labor. And these muscles have to relax and move up and out of the way. And when you're stressed, they get really tight, right? And so they have a harder time moving out of the way. And that's what makes the labor go longer. And it also is what makes it more uncomfortable. And so when you use relaxation methods, it helps that muscle do its job much faster and easier, which is therefore more comfortable as well. Um, And so the relaxation and meditation techniques are really beneficial during birth. But then when I included the spiritual aspect, um, it just, it's like all the promises that God tells us in the Bible are, are being fulfilled right there during your labor and you get to see them and experience them and feel them like, you know, how God tells us he will deliver us and he will um, protect us and keep us safe and he will, you know, relieve us. And there's just so many verses that talk about those types of things. And he really did that for me during the birth. And it was an incredible experience to, to have. And so now I've created a childbirth method that is called biblical birth. And it utilizes breathing techniques, meditation techniques, but they are more Christian meditation. You know, I um, love water. Water is just so relaxing, right? So the meditations in the biblical birth class are one of them is at a beach and you're walking along the beach and you're imagining envisioning yourself walking with Jesus and what you would talk about and what he would be like and how comforting it would be to have him that close to you and you know sometimes we kind of have to visualize that and imagine that because it's hard for us to do 
when we think about it in our busy day-to-day lives. But if you just lay down, close your eyes, give yourself some time, and you think about who Jesus really is and what he would be like, it's so comforting, you know? So um, there's that one. And then I also have one at a lake where you're kind of doing the same thing and talking to God and praying. And it's just very... uh, spiritual and connecting and some of them will have bible verses uh affirmations are in the class as well affirmations are just really short positive kind of sentences that help really get you into a confident positive mindset and so all the affirmations in the biblical birth class are christian based you know and based off of bible verses and um just very comforting and reassuring and So it really helps you get into that positive mindset about birth and getting rid of the fear of birth Mm -hmm. because the fear is what works against us during labor. Wow. That is awesome. So are these classes, um, virtual classes? Do you do it? Cause you said you work online. So are they all virtual? Yeah, they're all online. Uh, it's a really cool platform that I got to build a class on. And so you just sign up online and then they're all uh, basically talking head type of lecture videos. But then you also have activities that you do, like the relaxations. You'll get recordings that you listen to throughout the pregnancy. And that is your practice. And I always say, Uh, to my students that you want to do the practice. You're going to do all the work during the pregnancy so that you don't have to do the work during the labor. Because when you're in labor, and like I had told you about my story before, you're in what's called the limbic part of the brain. And that's not your logic thinking. So I always tell the birth partners, don't take anything that mom says Uh, personally, she probably won't even remember she said it the next day. (laughs) When a woman's in labor, don't worry about what she says, um, because they're not thinking logically. And that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go into this more instinctual part of the brain where you're just doing what feels right. Right. And so when you practice the meditation techniques throughout the pregnancy, it becomes a habit. It should be habitual and it becomes second nature for the mom. And so that way, when she goes into labor, you bring out those recordings and you can listen to them again. And she already knows, okay, here's my goal. I know what it feels like to just relax, be calm, take these deep breaths that I've been practicing. And then they just automatically do that during the labor. It's not something she has to think about. It's just become habit at this point. And so um, it's super effective for them. So you get those in the class. And then the lecture videos are all about what's going to be happening. I'm a huge fan of taking away the fear of birth through education so that there's Uh, you know, nothing unexpected. You already know what to expect. You know what's coming. You know what all your options are going to be. And we go over the natural ways to do things, but also the really common medical interventions. Like we talk about uh, epidurals, you know, and there are better ways of going about doing these common medical interventions. And I'm not, uh, I would never think that there is a right or wrong way to birth your baby. There's just what's right for you, 
Okay. So everybody's different, whether you want to have a natural birth, whether you want, whether you say, you know, I won't definitely want to get an epidural or sometimes, you know, there's medical things that come up and you know that you're going to be needing a C-section and <clears throat> whatever is going on, you still need that preparation because a lot of moms don't realize, even if I want an epidural, you, as soon as you start feeling something during labor, you don't get to just go into the hospital and get the epidural right away. They don't even admit you now until six centimeters. That's the new guidelines. So you're already over halfway done, you know, and you're laboring at home for most of that time. And so you need some techniques to at least get you to that point. And there are better ways of going about doing it. Like the longer you wait to get the epidural, the less of a risk it is for mom and for baby, because it does come, you know, with there's pros and cons to everything, right? Um, so if you just try to have some techniques to get you to that point, or even uh, try to just see how far you can go without it, it will minimize that risk for mom and for baby. Um, and so, <clears throat> so we talk about all of that in the class. We go over the role of the birth partner a lot too, because they are going to be the logical thinkers in the process. They are the ones who are going to need to remember all these different techniques that they learn in the classes and then suggest them to mom or be asking the questions. If somebody comes in, you know, and says they want to do something different than what you were hoping for in your birth plan or your, what I like to call the birth preference sheet, because you can't really plan birth, right? Um, but say, you know, you really don't want to get the epidural. If somebody comes in and says, hey, you know, things just aren't progressing and we really want to give you an epidural to relax you and to get things going, then dad is prepared to know what all the questions are he needs to ask. Um, what information to get and how to approach mom and talk to her about it because uh, you want to make it as stress-free as possible, you know, or if somebody comes, if your nurse or the doctor comes in and says, hey, we're seeing the baby's heart rate um, going down, or if they see something going on, that's the last thing mom needs to really hear about during the labor, because that's just going to really stress her out, right, and make her have even more fear. And we're trying to get rid of the fear of birth. So a lot of times, it's really good for the partners to be prepared to field that kind of information, and ask all of the questions, and then them be the one to go to mom and say and tell her what's going on in a very relaxing and calm way, right, and then see what she wants to do and communicate that to the staff. So I really in, encourage the partners to be the communicators as well. So they learn all kinds of communication techniques throughout the class. And then we even go into postpartum care for mom, for baby, and even breastfeeding the first couple of weeks. I love that. I love that you talk about um, what information mom should know or not know, because I remember when I had my son, uh, everyone in the room was cheering me on. Like it was during the pushing part and like his head was almost out and they were like, 
you got it. You can do this. They're cheering me on and everything. And then finally, when he came out, they all looked at me and they're like, we didn't think he was coming out. Like, <laughs> like they were like his head <laughs> kept going back in and we didn't think he was coming out, but because they didn't say anything and they just kept cheering me on and telling me to push, like I had no idea what they were thinking or what they thought. And it didn't, it encouraged me yeah. to keep going and trying. But if they would have told me that I, cause I felt like that, like, I felt like he's not coming out. He's not coming out. But because they were like, Oh no, his head's out. Like, come on, come on. Um, yeah. It like encouraged me. And like, you know, I just, it was good. They shielded that information until he came out and then they were like, yeah, we didn't know what was going on. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Sometimes, you know, it's better just not, not freak mom out, you know, cause she's so women are so sensitive during labor, especially. And this is why I know that it's such a unique opportunity during pregnancy and especially the labor to be close to God, to, to really get that closeness. And I think that God did that on purpose. You know, he, he did it on purpose, right? He's really smart, right? (laughs) He knows what he's doing and he made women go through this experience um, and, and gave this, you know, curse to Eve. Right. Mm -hmm. But really it's not, um, I don't feel like it's a curse though. I feel like it's an opportunity and you can see every opportunity as either a curse or an amazing opportunity for very positive things to happen. Um, it really just depends on your perspective. Right. But I, um, it have experienced myself and I've talked to so many women. I've been in this field for, you know, 10 years now. I talked to so many women and there, once I started creating biblical birth, there were so many women that came to me and they said, oh my gosh, I had a spiritual birth too. I completely experienced that too. And I didn't know what it was. And I've never heard anybody talk about this. And, you know, there's really no other childbirth methods out there that are uh, spiritual childbirth methods. And, they were confused and not really understanding, you know, what happened and how did, how did that happen? And I had this amazing, incredible experience and it was, you know, pain-free and it was, um, I don't even know the right word for it, in, invigorating. It was, um, you know, it just brings you to life, really. It brings so much life into you to experience that closeness to God. And when women are in labor, they're in that limbic part of the brain. And because they're in that state, they're very sensitive to any kind of verbal uh, cues or, you know, nonverbal communication like body language, uh, the look on somebody's face who's in the room, you know, they will pick up on any little tiny cues that's going on in the room with them because in that state, they're just so sensitive to that. So it gives you a very unique opportunity to draw really close spiritually to God um, because of that. Yeah. I like that. Last time I gave birth, um, I was a surrogate mother last year and I gave birth to twins in October. And I remember at the beginning, um, I was at a hospital and I like, I remember like going to the bathroom and then I started like having really bad um, contractions and I was just sitting there and I was like praying and I felt better during prayer, but then it just got like the pain just like kept getting worse and worse. And then, um, when I took the medication, like I felt, 
I didn't even like, it was like, I completely was blocked from God. Like I just, and he never came back into my head. Like I never like oh, wow. started praying, um, for me, like, I, but also I had a situation kind of like you talked at the beginning where like people don't listen sometimes like nurses or doctors. And so they gave me, um, yeah. like a narcotic and they said it was going to help me sleep. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't take medication. I'm a very lightweight. I was like, please give me just a little. And she's like, okay, I'll give you half a dose. And then she starts putting it in my arm. And I was like, okay, that's enough. That's enough. Like, I don't want any more. Like I already don't feel well, like this feels weird. And she's like, "Mm, I'm just going to give you the rest. And like, she puts it all in me. And I was just like, I was like awake and dreaming and I didn't like it. And like, in my head, I was like, I don't understand why people like this. Like, I do not like this. I don't like, I just wanted to get out of it. Like, I just, I didn't like it at all. And it didn't take the pain away. Like it just made me feel really messed up and So, um, I think that's probably where it happened where I just like forgot, like, I just kind of forgot to keep praying and to, uh, you know, think about the connection that I have with God. And like, I just was more like kind of concerned of like, I don't feel well, uh, something's not right. Like this feels weird, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting to hear that though. Uh, and I think that a lot of women who talk about, doing a natural birth they do say that they just felt like it was um more intense not in a bad way but just they were experiencing the life more throughout you know the labor and throughout giving birth and what happens hormonally in the body after you birth your baby or right as baby is emerging Uh, you release all of these endorphin hormones and, you know, God created our bodies to do that. And endorphin is actually 200 times more powerful than morphine. And so that's what helps us be comfortable during the labor and our bodies will naturally do this. But if you introduce a lot of the medications that they give now, you know, like the epidural or the narcotic or anything like that, uh, it will slow down or even sometimes stop that process altogether because now you're getting this artificial form of the endorphin medications and so the body thinks okay I don't have to produce it because we we're getting this other form Um, so you don't experience that as much when you start introducing medication and the chemicals they will throw you know your body's own natural chemical process off And so you won't experience it as much, but there is a, a very, um, kind of euphoric feeling that happens right after you give birth and right, right during that last part of the birth, when you're pushing, you know, and your body releases all these feel good, happy hormones. And then you're also releasing a hormone called oxytocin and oxytocin is the bonding and love hormone. And so that's the hormone that will make us, you know, fall in love with our baby and want to breastfeed the baby and connect and bond. And it's also actually the hormone that protects mom from bleeding too much after the birth bleeding is normal you know everybody is going to bleed a little bit afterwards but that is what really helps protect mom from bleeding too much or having what's called a postpartum hemorrhage and when you're that's why right after the birth it's really encouraged for mom to have skin to skin contact with the baby and have baby on you 
for the next hour to two hours because that's signaling your body to produce all this oxytocin, which will uh, shut down all those little blood vessels that release the placenta. And then you birth your placenta, you know, and all that, those little blood vessels that are connected to it, they need to shut down first before that happens. And holding baby skin to skin is incredibly effective at stopping and preventing that postpartum hemorrhage. So uh, you need those chemicals, you know, the body was created to birth a baby. I mean, that's one of the most instinctual, natural things that our bodies can do. And they're actually really, really good at it. But sometimes our minds get in the way, you know, and we just are fearful. I mean, everything you see now about birth, I feel like anytime you see it in the movie or the TV show, it's always a big traumatic, scary event, right? And so women see this and then they tell each other stories and I feel like there must be this competition in our country of who had the worst birth experience you know <laughs> and everybody's always telling each other their horror birth stories and so that's what women expect birth is going to be like you just think okay it must just always be horrible and traumatic and scary and painful but birth really doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be that way. And that's the message that I really hope to get out there to, to women is you can have a comfortable, beautiful, positive bonding birth experience. It's not always traumatic and scary. Like we see in the movies, you just have to change the way that you think about birth. Um, and if you, you know, go into it expecting that this is what it's going to be like. Okay. It's going to be the most terrible experience ever. Well, guess what? That's probably what you're going to experience because what we focus on is what we're going to go towards. Right. So you really got to change the way you think about birth and the way that you birth will change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds like you have so much knowledge about what happens in your body and it makes sense. Um, so after I gave birth to the twins, like they immediately went to their mom and dad. So I didn't like, we didn't do any skin to skin ever. Um, no breastfeeding. I did mm -hmm. pump, but I waited a couple hours mm -hmm. at like eight and then I got nauseous cause I took ibuprofen on empty stomach. And then I was like sick for an hour. And then, you know, it was just kind of, yeah. So it took a couple hours until I could um, breast pump, but I did have like a lot of bleeding, like to the point where they almost kept me because mm -hmm. I was bleeding so much. So I'm wondering if like that had to do with the fact that I, like I had no contact. I didn't even have any contact with the babies that day. Like I, well, actually I think I held one, but it was all like bundled up. Um, yeah, there was like wow. no skin to skin or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes a big difference. Um, and then one of the natural ways that they will try to stop a hemorrhage, um, like if you are, you know, birthing outside of the hospital, the birth center at home and midwives are trained to do this, is you have baby breastfeed because when we're breastfeeding, that's also when we release huge surges of oxytocin. And that's the hormone that stops that blood uh, from flowing as much. And if you are in, uh, if it is a postpartum hemorrhage that you're getting, they'll give you a shot of Pitocin. That's how they stop it in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Pitocin is an artificial form of our oxytocin that we make. 
So they do it the same way. It's just, you know, are you going to use the, the natural way, like through breastfeeding and skin to skin and bonding or a shot of Pitocin? And, you know, if you are having a hemorrhage, I always tell students, you do want to do the Pitocin. Absolutely. Because that is a, you know, dangerous situation and the Pitocin does work, but you can always try the other things first too, because it isn't something like in the movies, you know, they, they portray that you you know, have a ton of bleeding and you only have, you know, 10 seconds before you pass away or something, but that's not, that's not how it actually happens. <laughs> um, you have a lot more time than that. And so you can, you can try these other things. You can breastfeed, you can skin to skin contact, you can um, have the blood actually weighed and measured to see if it's really necessary for you to get that shot of Pitocin or not, because a lot of hospitals will also just do that standard protocol now um, and just give you the shot whether you need it or not. But again, anytime that you're introducing those things into the body, you should be aware of what the pros and cons are and also what other effects they might have so that you can handle them better because there are better ways of going about doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that they don't actually don't really tell you they're just like, Oh, giving you your Pitocin. Now, like they don't really say like, well, this could cause this or do that or whatever, or any other medications. They yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. They don't really explain all of that to parents. And so, and that's what I saw in the hospital a lot that I just didn't feel comfortable with. I didn't feel right about that. I feel like parents should absolutely know what the pros and cons are of every decision they're going to make. And then they can put together a birth preference sheet of what they want and what's right for them. You know, what's right for them will be different for everyone, but you, then you feel in charge of your birth. And I feel like when of all the women I've talked to, the ones who felt like their providers, their doctors or their midwives were just uh, giving them things and doing the birth and just telling them what to do, you know, and they didn't really have any control or input. They feel a lot less satisfied with their birth experience. And of course, mom, healthy mom, healthy baby are the most important things, but they're not the only important things. And that's kind of the message we get in our society a lot is, well, at least you had a healthy mom, healthy baby. Yeah, those are important, but don't diminish, don't diminish the experience because it's not the only important thing. How she felt during the birth is incredibly important because that really stays with you for the rest of your life. Um, the, you know, your experience during birth and becoming a mother is something you remember for the rest of your life. Just go ask the older generations, you know, and ask them, Hey, do you remember giving birth? And they all tell you, yeah, of course I remember that. I'll never forget it. You know, and they, that's something that women take with them. And it really affects a lot of other areas. Like sometimes it will affect you know, the relationship with your child. Um, it, it sets up what type of relationship you're going to have with your child. One thing that's really incredible to me is how much we now know about babies while they're still in the womb. There's this really great Ted talk. If you guys want to go on a fun little rabbit trail, you should go watch it. It's called, uh, what we learn before we're born. And it's a, a woman who talks about these 
experiments that we've been able to do and follow babies in the womb and then out of the womb and how certain things affected them. Like they would go look at populations that the moms were during pregnancy experiencing a lot of stress because of maybe it was a war, war torn country, or they didn't have um, very much food, you know, and so they weren't able to eat properly throughout pregnancy. And then how were those babies once they were older? How was their health affected by that? Well, they found out that the moms who were under a lot of stress or who didn't weren't able to eat properly, they had much higher um, occurrences of diabetes, heart problems, being overweight, um, depression, anxiety, and all kinds of other stuff. Um, they can look now and see that women who do relaxation practices, they've actually done a study on this, women who do relaxation practice throughout the pregnancy have babies that they report are much more laid back, easygoing, they have fewer colic and digestive problems, and they sleep better. So it really affects the baby on a hormonal level, what mom experiences throughout pregnancy and during the birth experience. Um, you know, hormones, I love talking about those because a lot of people just don't realize how our bodies communicate with the baby during pregnancy. And I feel like once you learn this information, it's a game changer and it's very simple information. So hormones are a lot like a lock and a key and you have um, the hormone itself. And then there's receptors in the body for these hormones and they have to find each other and bind. And that creates this reaction in the body, right? Like when somebody jumps out at you and scares you, those are your, your stress hormones telling you to put you into a fight or flight mode, right? And then you can run away from the danger or fight through the danger or whatever. Well, when women are pregnant, they produce the hormone and the babies have receptors for those hormones, but they don't produce a lot of the hormone itself, only certain ones, uh, especially certain ones. So like when mom is having a really stressful day, the baby can feel it and they go, oh man, we're really stressed out. I don't know what's going on, but we're stressing, right? And they have the same effect in their body as stress in our body. So they get tense and their uh, heart rate goes faster and all these different um, things that start happening in the body. And if mom is having a very relaxed, hopefully stress-free pregnancy, the baby will experience that. Uh, a lot of times mom, I like to tell them this because they, they recognize it. A lot of times when you go and lay down and you start to relax because you're going to bed, that's when baby gets nice and active, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they start moving around and kicking around. You're like, oh man, I'm ready to go to sleep. But now baby's all excited. That's because while you're relaxing, you're releasing all these happy dopamine hormones and the baby goes, oh, I feel really good right now. And so they start moving around. Um, and so that's what happens during pregnancy is that you're producing these hormones. Baby's body is creating the hormone receptors 
to receive them. So if you are creating more of the happy hormones, the baby's body says, oh man, I need to make a lot of happy hormone receptors to catch all these happy hormones. And then after the baby's born, their bodies go, okay, now I have all these happy hormone receptors. Now I got to make a lot of happy hormones to fill them. So those babies have higher levels of those happy dopamine hormones, which helps them sleep better, has fewer digestive and, you know, colic issues, and they're just more easy going and laid back. And that has, we've proven that that follows them for many, many years, even after birth. Wow. I remember the babies would, um, be really playful when in my, in the womb, when I would eat, when I would eat meals. So I'm sure there are yeah. chemicals yeah. that are released, um, hormones that are released when you oh, eat, yeah. right? So I wonder if that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's why we have, you know, comfort food. Food makes us happy. Um, so yeah, that's how they experience. And babies get to taste your food too. That's a lot of moms don't realize that whatever you eat, it gets and little flavors of it get into the amniotic fluid that the baby is constantly swallowing and taking into their mouth. So they're tasting what you eat. Oh, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> So you've answered all my questions, basically. Um, one question I do have at the end of my questions is if there's someone listening right now that's pregnant and is scared, what would be advice you'd give her right now? I would say um, to, you got to take away that fear. So everyone is a different type of learner. Um, you know, some people it helps them feel more comfortable, less fearful if they know everything about birth, you know, and they're, they're the type that, okay, I want to know all my options. I want to, you know, what, what could, could this mean? What could that mean? Cause if I know what it can mean, it makes me feel more comfortable to know all that information. And then I have some moms that they say, I don't want to know it all. If I know it all, <laughs> then I'll stress about it all. And, you know, so there's different types of people out there. Um, but education is definitely, I feel like a, a really great way to get rid of the fear of the unknown. And, if you're that type of person who wants to, to hear all that stuff, you know, and learn about things, just go educate yourself or take a good class. You know, every class is different too. So really research your classes because um, they're all fundamentally different and some will teach you lots of really great techniques, but they also will teach you a lot of things that I personally feel like shouldn't be discussed in the class because you're trying to take away the fear of the birth, not add more things for her to worry about. Um, so some of the classes will give you a ton of information on everything and that, you know, depending on who you are, that can be comforting or that can add stress. So really research your classes, um, research the people who are teaching the classes because every teacher brings their own little twist and experience to the class as well. So, you know, they might um, have a little bit of a bias one way or the other. So you really want to check them out, talk to them, maybe, you know, watch videos they've made or something to see what type of person they are and if that's what you're looking for. Um, and, but just 
really figure out how to get rid of that fear. One of the really cool experience, um, sorry, activities that I like to have my students do is they go and write down mom and dad. They go separately and write down any kind of fears or limiting thoughts that they have about pregnancy, about birth, about parenting, even about the actual labor experience and write down the fears and then come together and show each other your fears and talk about them. Sometimes, you know, men, a lot of times think more financially and provisions, right? They're the providers and they think of themselves that way. So their fears are usually based more around those things. And it's really interesting if, you know, mom sees, oh, well, he's really, he's really stressed out and fearful over, um, you know, making enough money to pay for the birth or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, and you guys can talk about that. Hey, well, don't stress about that because I can, maybe mom can say, you know, I can make cuts and I can try to, you know, help out with that, with, bringing that fear down for you by, you know, trying to budget this better or whatever. And then you help each other out, you know, and then mom, she might have fears about specifics in the birth. Um, I'm really scared of needles. Like a lot of women are really scared of needles. And so she'll write that on there. I'm really scared of needles. So I, I'm really scared about getting the IV or if I get an epidural. Well, dad needs to know about that fear because then during the actual birth, when they come in and, you know, you always have options. Let me just put that disclaimer out there. You always have options. You don't have to get the IV. There's lots of doctors that actually are comfortable with not giving you the IV. Um, and I've experienced that myself and it was amazing. And so there's different options out there. Um, and that's all stuff that you should try to learn about. But you know, if they come into your room and the nurse is like, okay, it's time to put the IV in, dad will know, oh, that's one of her fears. So I should probably go over there. I should be really hands-on right now. I should be with her. I can be, we can do, hey, you want to do a meditation? Hey, do you want me to read you some Bible verses while we're doing this? And he can be really hands-on and knows that she's going to need your attention while getting the IV because needles was one of her big fears. You know, you guys have to be on the same page. So I like to do activities that really have a lot of communication um, between mom and dad so that they are really on the same page and aware of each other's stressors and fears. And then you got to talk about it. Fear isn't something that just goes away because you push it aside. It's not something that you you know, you just want to try to forget about. It's something that you have to talk about the fears and maybe explore them a little bit. And that is what's going to actually help you defeat that fear and get over that fear is, you know, actually talking about it and focusing on it and then processing through it. And then sometimes even seeing is it really something that I need to fear? Because when you explore it a little more, sometimes you go, you know, actually, I don't think I do fear that anymore because I didn't realize that maybe I just don't even have to get an IV or maybe I can get an IV in a place that doesn't bother me. It doesn't have to be right in my arm. It can be somewhere else or, you know, there's just different options once you start really looking at it. 
mm-hmm. but really trying to change the mindset about birth. Don't watch the movies that have birth in them anymore. Don't watch the TV shows. Like I think there's a show or it used to be on like one born every second or something. And they're just always traumatic and scary. Don't watch those. When people try to tell you their horror birth stories, say, Hey, no horror birth stories, please. I'm trying to stay positive during this pregnancy. So please don't tell me those stories. Um, Positive birth stories only. You can go online and you can go to, you know, YouTube and you can search um, hypnobirthing or hypnobabies birth videos. And they're usually really beautiful birth videos. They're nothing traumatic, nothing scary. And I really love telling students to go and watch those birth videos, because if that mom can look like she's sleeping through labor and that's what they, that's what they really look like. They look like they're sleeping through labor. It's incredible. It's so beautiful. You guys should definitely go watch some of those birth videos. Um, but if she can do that, you are fully capable of doing that. And so it's really encouraging to see other women do that. So go watch those birth videos, but watch the positive ones. So look up, you know, hypnobirthing or hypnobabies. I actually do have a YouTube channel. Um, I'm on YouTube biblical birth and I have a playlist on my channel that's called birth videos. And they're all just positive, beautiful, encouraging birth videos. So you can always go there too. And that's a safe playlist that, you know, is not going to show you anything traumatic and scary. Um, I also just post YouTube videos. It's been a little while because we've had a lot of life changes Um, lately. We sold our house and moved into an RV or motorhome, and we are now full-time um, RVing and traveling the country. Me and my husband both work online. So, and we homeschool the kids. So we've just been traveling. Um, but I haven't posted videos lately, but I've got a ton of other videos on there that you can check out on different tips on the pregnancy, birth, childbirth, education, all kinds of good stuff. And then also, if you go to biblicalbirth.com, um, you can sign up for the class for free, actually, there's a lot of content on there that's all free for you to check out because I know it's something that's a little unique and different. So I want moms to feel, you know, comfortable with what they're getting and know what they're getting into so that there's a lot of the content that's all for free that you can check out. There's scripture affirmations on there that you can learn. Um, The intro about me, I go over the hormonal physiology, a lot of the similar to what we've been kind of touching on during this podcast. It's all on there for free because I just feel like every mom should know this information. Um, So definitely go check that stuff out and just find some great resources. Yeah. Awesome. And, um, did you mention your Instagram in case they want to follow you or find you on there? Yeah. And also I'm on Instagram as well. I have a biblical birth Instagram, but my personal one, um, is called the Maverick mama. And I post a lot of birth and pregnancy information on there. We talk a lot about that, but also that's kind of my 
my personal blog as well. And it shows our travel adventures and homeschooling stuff and all that good stuff that goes along with mom life, right? <laughs> I have four little ones that I mentioned earlier, but they're uh, nine, seven, five, and three. And everybody's about to have their birthdays. So now I'm going to have to remember new ages <laughs> coming up soon. Um, but that pregnancy brain, by the way, anybody who's pregnant and listening, it doesn't go away. It just turns into mom brain. <laughs> yeah. It's so so just be patient with it. It's just part of life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This is so much fun talking with you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I hope that, uh, I hope that the moms who are listening will, will be encouraged and, uh, find some hope because childbirth doesn't always have to be a negative experience. It can be the most incredible positive thing ever. So don't give up faith. <laughs> Go yeah. check it out. Yeah, definitely. All right. I'll message you um, when the podcast is up. Okay. Sounds right. great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a good day. All right. I'll talk to you too. Talk to you later. I hope you learned a lot and I hope you check out this class because I know that when I have a child that I am or when I have a child when I have another kiddo I am definitely going to be getting this class because I think it's going to teach me a lot as well as help prepare me to have a calm and peaceful birth and for the people um, friends family that I know that get pregnant or planning to get pregnant I will probably purchase this for them because I think it's awesome and I just think it is so important to enjoy your pregnancy and to try to enjoy your birth. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. And if you have any questions, click on the link below the biblical birth link and you can find Tara's email on the website. And I hope you guys have the best day ever. God bless you.